Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 34, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. And hello, welcome. It is Gemma here with you today with our very special guest, coach and business owner, Ashley Wolf. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Thanks for being here today. We're really excited. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is my very first time that I've ever been a guest on someone's podcast. So this is quite exciting to me. <laughs> Sorry, I might do that from time to time. And I'm glad that you know me well enough that that's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Please, we're all about our crazy uniqueness here at the Freedom to Coach podcast. So please continue. And first of all, before we get into our exciting topic today, tell us all about you, who you are, who you work with. What do you do? Tell us. Yeah. Well, thank you again. So I have been a um, elementary school teacher in some capacity for the last 18 years. I'm about to start. I think it's my 18th or 19th uh, I think it's my 19th year starting in the next few weeks and uh, elementary school classroom teacher turned librarian. And I've always loved mindset talk or self-improvement, self-help and was turned on to life coaching in 2016, got certified in 2021 with you, my Jemmy. And um, so we, you and I have just been on this like crazy wild ride together in some capacity for like the last solid year and a half, mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just so glad to be able to share that with someone. Um, and it makes it even more cooler that I can tell people that I work with, like, listen, I've got a friend in Australia. I'll just ask her like, anytime a question comes up about Australia, anything, I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen here. I, I know a person I talk to her every week and I will just ask her the next time I see her. Yeah. So it's just been so much fun. So I coach teachers. Um, I'm still in the library full-time at my elementary school in Texas. And, uh, I coach teachers, mainly the ones on my campus and they bring me whatever is bothering them. And I, you know, help them, especially with what's going on for them. And, um, yeah, I'm married and I've got a, a child who is almost eight. He is going to celebrate his eighth birthday on August 8th. So it's a triple eight, Ooh. triple eight attack. And it's going to be so much fun. So yeah, I've got six chickens and one dog and my dad lives in a tiny house in the backyard. So that is me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely nothing else we could possibly know. That is a, that's all of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. Oh, I love it. Yay. So super fun. Uh, before we move on, tell us a bit more about how you support teachers with coaching. I'm super curious. Oh, yeah. So during a typical school day or during a typical week, being the librarian sure helps my position of like campus servant. I'm there for all the teachers. I'm there for all the kids. 
And over the last few years, I've really been there for the teachers in more of a, I don't want to say counselor, but more of a, a listening ear capacity. And so when COVID hit and we were shut down, um, when we came back to school, I started offering like a weekly staff support group in the library after school where teachers would come. It was me and the school counselor, and we would just be there to listen. We occasionally had some uh, concepts that we would teach them just to start to use some of this mindset work and actual strategies and tools to help them. And what I found was a lot of the things that teachers were bringing me were having to do with um, things that were bothering them in their personal life. And then occasionally you would get like the overworked, overachieving, exhausted teacher who wanted some help in the classroom, but mostly it was personal life stuff. And um, so I'm going to continue the weekly support group this year. And I also have some one-on-one -on -one clients. And so building the, um, the private side of my coaching practice looks more like I've got a Facebook group, I have a podcast, and I'm wanting to build something for teachers that are beyond the walls of just my campus. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. It's very, very needed. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of teaching, it's a little bit of what we're here to speak about today. So we're talking about coaching versus teaching. Coaching is teaching. Teaching is coaching. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I guess what, tell us what, what is a teacher? <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's so many images that probably pops into someone's mind whenever you say the word teacher to them. They might have a mixed bag of good memories, fond memories, and maybe memories that are not so good. Mm. And I think um, whenever we think of ourselves as teachers, it's almost like you could, you could spin it to where a person can teach another person at any given moment, whether it's advertently or inadvertently. So I like to think of it as if, if we are thinking of ourselves as coaches, starting to form the identity that we are also teachers could be very beneficial to us. Because if you think of the energy of a teacher, one of the old definitions of teacher is like the person who knows everything that imparts the wisdom on the students. But we also know like in a teaching role, so I've been teaching for 18 years, 19 years-ish, and I have come to find that if I open myself up to be taught by the students, like not take the know-it-all or my way is the best way, or this is the way I know it works. And this is what I'm going to tell you, like being open to being taught, to receiving lessons from the people who we, you know, basically have a relationship with for 10 months out of the year in a typical school situation. If we can open ourselves up to being um, not only the people who help our students understand something, but also have that like two-way relationship where we can grow as well from what our students can teach us. I think that changes this whole dynamic of student receives from teacher the end. Mm. And I think that's very powerful for people. Yeah. 
Totally. I love that. So then how does that, I guess, mix in or then what, what is a coach? (laughs) Right. So in my experience, when I've been coaching people in a typical one-on-one client coaching situation, Mm. my brain is a buzz with like, what am I going to do next? How am I going to, what, what road am I going to take with this person? If they're, as they're telling me something that's bothering them, or they're telling me a goal they want to work on. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to sift through all of the things that I know as a coach to find the exact right thing that will lead my client to an aha moment or revelation or earth shattering change, you know, but like, that's something that I also have to coach myself on in the moment that like being there simply to be a person who's listening to the words Mm. that my client is saying can be as profound Mm, mm -hmm. as life-changing, you know, brain busting, aha light bulb moments. And, um, like just the other day, a teacher client of mine was like, gosh, that felt so good to, to get out. I feel so much better. And all she did was say all the things that she had never let herself say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, this is a really subtle example of that client of mine was teaching me again, like a lesson that I had already learned, like you're there to listen, hold space. But the lesson came to me again, because I needed to learn it. Like, that's right. My client will just need to get stuff out sometimes without any additional layers of teaching Mm -hmm. or coaching from me. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 To me, that's one of the most powerful things of coaching. And I think as coaches, often we forget that because, you know, remember those times where no one would listen or you just want to speak with no judgment, with no like agreeing or telling you what to do or anything like that. You just simply want someone to hold that space for you and It is, it can be one of the most powerful life-changing things just to be able to say something out loud, Mm -hmm. get it out of your head, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was a little rant by me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just reminded me of the power of coaching. Thanks for that. Welcome. I love it. Um, Then I guess, so how do they come together? So how is teaching and coaching the same? Yeah. So Coaches know strategies and tools that their clients most likely don't know or need to be reminded of in a, in the teaching world, we call it like multiple exposures or spiraling. So like we'll hit that concept multiple times during a school year. Um, For kindergartners, it could be the concept of that the numeral three stands for one, two, three objects, like quantity. Like, so kids coming in, not knowing that might need multiple exposures before it's actually part of their knowledge base that they just call upon spelling their own name. For example, (laughs) I will never forget when I was a student teacher years ago, there was a kindergartner because I student taught in kindergarten. There was a kindergarten named charisma and charisma (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is the coolest name ever. Yes, I'm sorry. yes. Just saying. Or, yeah, but like she she was 
just learning how to form letters. Yeah. She was just learning what the, and poor charisma, like charisma with a C, but we had to teach her the CH is what stands for the K. -k. And mm. so um, it was a great learning opportunity for her. And um, she had a challenging name, you know, and then there was Mary and Mary in that same class had an equal amount of challenges in learning how to write her name, spell her name the right way. And so it just goes to show you like, there are going to be things that teachers know that coaches know that their clients or students have yet to learn. And then there's going to be those concepts that we have to remind our clients over and over again. And just like a teacher with the patience that it takes to understand that, you know, this student, they're five years old, they're barely learning how to hold a pencil. Mm. So I have to have a lot of patience in reminding them or finding different ways to help them form the letter C, form the letter M. Just like an adult relationship with a client and a coach, it's almost like, and I don't mean this in any sort of like belittling way, but someone who is barely learning coaching concepts or self-coaching concepts, it's like they're five in their learning of those concepts. And so a coach can call upon their, um, almost like their innate teacher self to remind themselves like, okay, of course, they're not going to know that this is what they're doing. Like using a manual for someone, for example, that's one or compare and despair. That's one that, um, I have to remind myself of when I'm totally out of my coaching session. And my coach is like, well, you know, that that's, you're comparing yourself. Right. And I'm like, Oh, nah. <laughs> so whenever we're dealing with clients and we're working with clients, they're going to need that, um, multiple exposures. They're going to need us to know exactly what they need in that moment. And for us to, you know, keep from judging. And just like a teacher, we can't judge a five-year-old for not knowing how to, you know, spell their name perfectly on the first day of school. That's what they're here to learn. And it mm. could take all year. And we have to accept that. Yeah, totally. And it's, yeah, it, I guess, my brain's like, oh, so many questions to ask you now. But speaking of crafting messages, yeah. <laughs> it's it sounds or like really similar to copywriting, right? Mm. Like we're writing words for for pretty much five year olds, maybe not that low, but you grade two, three level when we're mm -hmm. writing copy because we need to keep it as simple as possible, mm -hmm. right? For that connection and to keep it friendly and also to keep it inclusive as well. You know, we're not going to use all these big, scary words that people can't understand. Yeah. And I guess it's very similar in coaching and, and the way with the teaching part of it in the way of repetition and knowing that we are telling people things for the first time. And even if we're not, when you're deep in getting coached mode, like you said, you forget everything. You're like, yeah. oh, what? What am I doing? What? Yeah. <laughs> What's when comparing to despair? What? Oh, that thing. You know, so I'm like super curious about, I guess, crafting sort of messages in, in that way of when you're explaining 
concepts mm-hmm. and, and teaching. Um, what's some tips you have there? Oh yeah, I have several and really <laughs> they, they go back to my work as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first week of school, we are getting to know these people that are our students. Mm. I want to know if they're too young to fill out a little questionnaire about themselves. I want their parents to tell me what do they like? What are they interested in? What are they excited about? What collections of things do they have in their room? Like that tells you a lot about an elementary school students. Like what do they collect? Do they collect Yeah. Do they collect uh, action figures? Do they collect My Little Pony? Do they collect dead bugs? What do they collect? Coins. Mm. Um, And that just taps into, and it's like a superpower. Mm. If you can find out what a person loves to collect, like there was at the end of this school year, um, I was finishing up a book fair. And so I was counting all the money and I had a parent volunteer come in and she had her second grade son with her. And, uh, and he sat down with me and started to look at all the coins and he wasn't helping me count. I was like, Oh, what a good little student. He's helping me count the coins. Now he was looking for rare coins because he loves coins and pirate treasure. Like he is totally pirate treasure and totally into coins and things. And so as he was, you know, sitting and watching me counting the coins and then he would take my little stack of like five pennies and he would just dismantle it looking for the rare ones. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's totally fine. Like my, my whole thought process was this student in particular, and this is true, has been such a tough nut to crack. And I've known him since he was a kindergartner for three years. And mind you, when he was a kindergartner, that's when Uh, school got shut down in March. Then when he was a first grader, school was pretty much, you could be at home the whole time because of COVID. And this last year he was in school, but very, very withdrawn. Mm. And he finally opened up over these dang coins. And so I was thinking, okay, I've got your number kid. Now I know what you like. Now I know what makes you tick. Now I know what makes your eyes light up. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I'm going to carry with me in regards to this one particular student. But you can do that with anybody. You can do that with a coaching client. You could, I mean, if you wanted to, and I highly encourage this is like, get to know the person who you're coaching before you get to know their problems. Because if you just get to know them as a person and really ask some intentional, deep questions about like what they're into and what really makes them tick, what their, you know, current obsession is, what their favorite books are, favorite movies, favorite food, like it can be that basic to start making these meaningful connections. Because then when it's time to teach a concept that your client has no freaking idea what it is at least they'll feel that connection with you and they'll know that you like them as a person. And so it's almost like this trust factor, the no like, and trust factor, because learning a new concept from a person that you don't know, you're already half out the door because you just don't know them. Mm. So how would you trust their information? Yeah. 
So connecting with people is something that teachers do and coaches do. And then also when you're teaching a new concept, the, the more you can connect to either a person's interests or what they already know, we call it their, their background knowledge in the teaching world. If you can connect to their background knowledge, it's like an invisible thread that brings them along in the teaching of this concept because you're attaching to something that they already know. Yeah, I love that. And it's, yeah, it's also something salespeople do. And I've sort of always done my whole life, you know, it, mm. it when you first meet someone, you ask them something about themselves and that's mm -hmm. like your point of connection, you know, yeah. like, and for the next time to be like, oh, so remember that thing you told me, how's that going? And they like, and they're like, oh my God, you remembered that, you know, mm -hmm. it's so fascinating to me to know that teachers do the same thing with children. And that mm -hmm. is so beautiful. Yeah you know you've got that connection with that little boy now who was a closed mm -hmm. book and it that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. one and as the librarian I mean you can bet whenever his class comes in for library this next year when he's a third grader I'm gonna choose at least one if not two pirate books Aww. because I know that's what he likes yeah. and he's just he's such a introvert and he's always just in his own little world mm. that I know that it'll help him um, perk up and pay attention. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like for me, like, oh, I need all eyes on me, but it's more like, I just want him to be involved in when he comes to library, I want him to be excited. And if he knows that I can pay attention to him in that group way, you know, like in a group setting, but he knows that I'm kind of like, you know, Hey, I know you like pirate treasure, then it'll be, you know, something that teachers can do and that coaches can do that can just add that little extra something that you mm -hmm. can't really put your finger on, but what it is, is human connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that it, yeah, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're going to get that same warm, fuzzy feeling of having a coach connecting with you then you know that little boy will to be like oh she knows that she knows that yeah. I like treasure you know yeah yeah and that he's like that it's not a secret but that information is safe with me like Brene Brown I am on a Brene Brown kick right now um, <laughs> I'm listening to I'm listening to the power of vulnerability mm. and she said something really interesting that mm. at first when I first heard her say it I was like whatever <laughs> and that's just me sometimes like whatever these experts I think they know what they're talking about uh. but she said she said something to the effect of you can share parts of your life with people with the people who have earned the right to share it or earn, earn the right to hear it something like that where you, mm. you are selecting people and you're telling them information about you but you know that they've mm. earned the right to hear it and as a coach we have to approach the client as wow they are telling me by my me being their coach that I've earned the right to hear what's on their mind what's on their heart mm. some of the most vulnerable information that possibly they've never shared with anybody or said out loud 
And that's like a sacred place to be with someone. Mm -hmm. And if we can hold that as, you know, treasure it, it really helps lay the foundation of our mindset as a coach when it's time to maybe get into the tough stuff or ask the hard questions, like asking, so what, and why, you know, can be really hard as a coach. Cause we don't want them to feel like we're, I don't know, giving them a hard time, but sometimes we're the only ones who will ask that question. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's ugh, so true. So powerful. So challenging sometimes, right? How can we improve teaching in our coaching practices? So how can we improve teaching in our coaching practices? Uh, there is a, there is a book that I have used the strategies for in teaching. Mm. It's, it's by um, Robert Marzano, M-A-R-Z-A-N-O. Mm. And he has these nine strategies for critical thinking. And I use these I shoot from the hip using these during lessons all the time. And they're very simple. Um, one of them is compare and contrast, just as an example. Mm. And when you, when you can compare and contrast with a student or with a client, it really does help take the thinking deeper about something. You can use that for any concept. But whenever you see that a client really isn't um, getting it or isn't understanding what you're trying to teach, there are ways that you can break down and compare to something that they already know mm. and break down a concept further. And this is where that background knowledge of you knowing who your client is as a coach really comes in handy. Because if you know that your client is a, a music teacher and you know your client as a music teacher probably writes lesson plans, then you can use that example of something that this client does every week for her job to relate it to something that she can do for herself. So if a client is struggling with overeating, for example, and we're trying to teach them how to use a food plan, um, then we would almost liken or compare it to whenever a teacher writes a lesson plan. Like, why do we write a lesson plan? So that we can be prepared, so that we know what to do if we draw a blank. And so it's that comparison of a person's personal life into what they come to you for coaching on. So if they know what a lesson plan is, having a food plan and writing one is going to be a lot of the exact same process. So that's just one of the ways that we could use um, one of Marzano's nine to really help improve our teaching as a coach. But yeah, I would highly recommend looking at that uh, book, even by, I mean, it's been out for so long, you could probably buy it on thrift books or Amazon um, for pretty cheap. There's probably a lot of additions, even getting the first edition, still going to be a lot of good information in there to help improve your craft as a teacher to deepen the thinking of your, of your client. Yeah. Oh, what? Wow. I love that. <laughs> Compare and contrast. What an amazing, oh, amazing tip. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, and the next important part of this episode, can you tell us where can our listeners find you? 
on the oh, world goodness. of the internet. Where do we yes. find you? You can go to teachermindsetcoach.com. You can find me on anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure it'll yeah. be on Google. Amazon. Yeah. Is Amazon a podcast now too, I think? There's maybe. podcasts everywhere. Yes, and the name of your also- podcast? Yep. Teacher Mindset Coach. Beautiful. And um, yep, I'm just wrapping up episode 40 or 41. And I talk about a variety of different topics. I don't talk about only teaching topics. And my focus certainly is not how to become a better teacher, because I, my, my whole stance on that is there's a million different ways for teachers to find out how to be better at instruction or Mm. classroom management or teaching a concept. I'm here to help teachers with life and doing things a little bit better for them for their life. So yeah, teachermindsetcoach.com. And for any teachers out there who want a little laugh in their life, I have created a cards against educators game, which is much like cards against humanity. And yes, there's F-bombs about. And um, if you like to laugh at yourself and at the (laughs) kids sometimes, then um, yeah, that would be another way to, um, to find me. I, I need to put that on my website actually is the link to that game. So that yeah, people you can order from the website. Absolutely. I love that so much fun. And just before we finish up today, what is your number one tip you can leave with our listeners? Um, be a listener. Mm-hmm. That's what I work on constantly. And I think being a listener is a superpower in its own right. And the best teachers know how to listen. Mm-hmm. Could not agree more. Mm-hmm. It is a superpower because most people don't do it. Yeah. I love that. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Freedom to Coach podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Gemma. I had so much fun. It was a pleasure. And to all our listeners out there, make sure you all have an awesome week changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.